Paul's letter to the Philippians. And today we will be looking at Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 18, as we continue to go through Paul's letter to the people of Philippi, this first Messianic community that was established on the European continent, the first step that Paul made into the uttermost parts of the, of the world that Yeshua spoke about, that the message of the Messiah was to go from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And in entering Macedonia and Philippi, the message of the Messiah was reaching out to the European continent, which was understood at that time as the end of the earth, going west from Jerusalem. So we'll begin today with a quick word of prayer, and then we'll be looking at our passage today. O Lord, you are good. We thank you. We bless your holy name. We thank you for each new day you give us. We thank you, Lord, for these words of your holy servant, Paul. Help them, Lord, to impact our lives today and help us, as, call, as Paul calls us, to become more in Messiah and help us become more and more and more like you each day. We thank you for your love. We thank you for our Messiah who gives us life. In whose name we pray. Amen. So welcome to Letter to Philippi Live. My name is Sean Emsley. I will be your teacher as we go through Paul's letter to Philippi. And uh, we are now in chapter 1, verses 12. And we'll be looking at, at uh, chapter 1, verses 12 through 18 today, as Paul basically gives his, his personal update to the people of Philippi. In our first two classes, we, we looked at his, his greetings and sharing about his great love for the people of Philippi. Now we come to him sharing basically his current report of what his life was like in Roman prison. Basically, he's giving a personal update now to this community that he cares so much about. And we read in verse 12, Now, brothers, I want you to know that what has happened to me has helped in advancing the good news. So now he's speaking about his time in prison. And Paul here addresses the Philippians as brothers, the Greek word adelphoi, which can more fully mean brothers and sisters. In referring to the Philippians as brothers and sisters, Paul is making clear to this mostly Gentile community of Yeshua followers that they are brothers and sisters with him and they are part of the Messiah's Messianic community. Paul's being clear to this mostly Gentile community of Yeshua followers that they, like Paul and the other Jewish Yeshua followers, are in the same spiritual family, united in their shared connection to the God of Israel by their trusting in Yeshua as Messiah. So Paul here is making clear to the people of Philippi, these, as I said, mostly a Gentile community, that came to, to follow Yeshua, as is now is going as as Philippi is a Roman colony, mostly made up of retired retired Roman officials and Roman centurions. It could be said that this was kind of like the the Roman Boca Raton of the uh, of the first century. This was the retirement community for Romans, either officials and also those of the Roman military, that they, they would go to Philippi when they could finish their careers. So Philippi was a mostly Gentile community, mostly made up, as I said, of Roman officers and Roman dignitaries and those who had left Rome 
to basically go to the retirement community in Philippi. So Paul here is speaking to these, these now redeemed Gentiles, wants to make sure that they understand that they are his brothers and sisters, that, he, that they, along with the Jewish followers of Yeshua, those Jews like Paul and Timothy, who had come to put their faith fresh in Yeshua and were from the people of Israel, that they now, as redeemed Gentiles, as Gentiles who had come to believe in Yeshua, that they too are brothers and sisters, their fellow sharers in a connection to the God of Israel and sharers in the faith of Avraham. And they are affirmed in this by Paul that he calls these people his brothers and sisters, that they are family to him because of their shared love for God, their shared connection to the God of Israel through Yeshua, our righteous Messiah. Paul now transitions to, to give current news on himself and the work of ministry. As I said, this was basically Paul's, Paul's update on, on his current conditions in, in Roman prison. Though it may seem counter to what we would understand today, Paul shares that his imprisonment was an excellent opportunity for him to share the gospel. Paul here is, is, is sharing that rather than being, being something that is, that is, that is something that is to be rejected, Paul is actually embracing his time imprisonment here because he knows that it's an excellent opportunity to share the good news of the Messiah. That, that in his imprisonment, he's continuing to share the message of the Messiah. Messiah is being known in Rome because of him being there. And he rejoices even in his, in his imprisonment, because his imprisonment means the message of the Messiah is going forward. And Paul is empowered by his faith in Yeshua. Paul looks beyond his own needs and his own sufferings and encourages the work of the gospel. In verse 13 we read, It has become clear to the whole palace and everyone else that it is because of the Messiah that I am in chains. Paul's most significant source of empowering and encouragement is that the good news of Messiah is spreading and even influencing those in the emperor's palace. Paul's imprisonment brought the good news of Yeshua to Rome's heart, the heart of the Roman Empire. Paul brought a Jewish message to the heart of the pagan Roman world. As R. Kent Hughes stated when he wrote, They, the Romans, heard the astonishing story of the long-promised Jewish Messiah, who was crucified as the Jewish scriptures predicted, and was resurrected as their scriptures predicted, and amazingly forgives sins through his death and resurrection. The message of the Jewish Messiah was being spread in Rome because Paul was there imprisoned, because Paul was there, the message of the Jewish Messiah was being spread to the very heart of the Roman world, to Rome itself, the capital of the Roman world. And Paul made clear in Rome that the source of new life and life eternal was only available to both Jew and Gentile because of the work of the Jewish Messiah. Paul's call to Yeshua faith included acceptance of the Jewish God the Jewish Messiah, and the guidance of the Jewish scriptures. For Jews are submitted a continuing life of, of faithfulness to Torah. And for the Gentile adherents, the mystery's inclusion of them into the faith of Israel 
as Gentiles, as redeemed Gentiles, they're able to come to the God of Israel in faith in Messiah Yeshua. This is the great mystery of, of the gospel, that the Gentiles can come to the God of Israel, can be incorporated in the, into the family of God, incorporated into those who are followers of the God of Israel through their faith trust in the Jewish Messiah. Even those living in the imperial household heard of Paul's imprisonment. And there were those who came to trust in Yeshua. Paul here can share that even though he's imprisoned, that because of that, there are those in the imperial household, those even among the establishment, the leadership in Rome, those even of, of Nero's, Nero's empire, imperial leadership, were coming to know the Messiah of Israel, were coming to know the God of Israel because, because of Paul being there in prison. The word these, that there were believers in Yeshua in the emperor's palace was served to encourage the Philippians as they came to see that even among the elite of Roman society, there were followers of Yeshua, a fact that could serve as encouragement in their faith. So these new Gentile followers of Yeshua, these new people incorporated into the faith of the God of Israel, were living in a Roman colony surrounded by various religious traditions, various distractions to their their newfound faith. And Paul here can encourage them that even in the imperial household, even in the very heart of the of the, the Roman Empire, Rome itself, that there were those who had put their faith trust in Yeshua. There were those even in the Roman household who had come to know Yeshua because of him being there in prison. And he he gives this word to encourage the Philippians to understand that they can stand in their faith knowing that even in Rome, even in the heart of the Roman Empire, even the very, the, the very, very seat of power of, of Rome, there were those who had put their faith trust in Yeshua. And because Paul is there, this message is going out. In verse 14 we read, Also my being in prison has given most of the brothers of the Lord confidence, so that they have become much more bold in speaking the word of God fearlessly. Along with helping make the message of Yeshua known throughout Rome by being imprisoned, Paul's imprisonment for the gospel also built to the faith of the Yeshua followers in Rome. As he was giving these words of encouragement to the Philippian believers, he's sharing with them that even among the, those believers in Rome, those followers of Yeshua in Rome, that their faith trust is built up and their confidence and boldness in their faith in Yeshua is bolstered by Paul's imprisonment, by the example that Paul gives for them, by the example of Paul being a faithful servant to Messiah, even going to the point of being imprisoned and facing execution, their faith of the Roman believers were encouraged too. And he's also giving this word as, as they are encouraged by his imprisonment, he confers onto the Philippians to be encouraged also that the message of the Messiah is being known, made known and people are built up in their faith in Rome because of Paul's imprisonment. Now we come to a section where we're talking about proclaiming the Messiah out of jealousy. 
he had, he had given his, as I said, these first few verses, 12 through 14, basically a current update of his current situation in Rome, in prison. Now he comes to dealing with the issue of, of those who were preaching the message of the Messiah out of jealousy, those who, who he's concerned about that were, that were sharing the good news of the Messiah for their own, in, own glory, for their own aggrandizement and not for the pure message of getting the Messiah out. So Paul confronts that here and shares that as one of his concerns that he has while he's in prison. In verse 15 we read, True, some are proclaiming the Messiah out of jealousy and rivalry, but others are doing it in goodwill. One of the critical themes of this letter is humility, and we'll see that throughout the, the whole letter. This theme reaches the zenith, the highest point in Philippians 2, where Paul gives the example of Messiah Yeshua and his humility that led to his death on the Roman execution state, on the Roman cross. Yeshua being the highest example of humility, the suffering servant who came into our world, the divine Messiah, the one who was there at the creation of, of the universe, came into our world as a baby born in Bethlehem and would, would live his life in humility and die on the Roman stake, on the Roman cross, the death of a slave, the death of a criminal, the lowest form of death. And that being the highest example of humility. In verses 15 and 16, Paul contrasts those who share the good news of the Messiah out of self-ambition and for their own fame with those who share the good news humbly. So as the theme of humility runs throughout the whole book, Paul here is, is giving an example of negative humility, which would be pride, of those who are sharing the good news of the Messiah to basically to become to become stars of themselves, to be superstars, you know, it's like the celebrity preachers of our day, that they that their their goal in sharing the good news of the Messiah, they're, they're in, in preaching the good news of the Messiah was for their own glory, not for the glory of God. And Paul is confronting this as pride, which is the opposite of the example of Messiah, the example of the humble Messiah that he confers to them and to which he holds on to. And speaking about these two, in 16 and 17 we read, the latter act from love, aware that I am put where I am for defending the good news, while the former announce the Messiah of selfish ambition with impure motives, supposing they can stir up trouble for me in prison. So Paul is, is saying that there's those, those, as I said, who were seeking their own self-aggrandizement, seeking their own fame by sharing the good news of the Messiah. And Paul, Paul is concerned about this. These, these people are, are demonstrating the negative example of the Messiah in contrast to the humbleness, the self-sacrifice of Yeshua. These, are doing, these people are doing it out of pride. These are doing it out to, to bring glory to themselves rather than glory to God. And Paul critis, Paul's critical, he's concerned about those who were doing, doing this. But then we get a, a, a twist in verse 18, and Paul says, But so what? All that matters is in every way, whether honestly or in pretense, Messiah is being proclaimed. And in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. 
Paul there does not excuse those who share the good news for impure motives, for m- m- pr- proud motives, for anti-humility, but focuses on the sharing of the good news. There, where there is a false presentation of the good news, with, Paul will speak out forcefully. When someone is, is, pre- is preaching a gospel against that, a false gospel, another gospel, Paul will clearly confront that, condemn that, condemn that pre- the preacher. But here, the message is right. The presenter has wrong motives. And Paul rejoices in the good news being, being, being read. We can see that, see that there have been many people who have come to faith in, in Yeshua, people who have come to hear the message of the gospel, and we find out that the presenter of, of the message was flawed, or even, even later, later on, on rejected the faith, but they, they did share the message, and the message was pure, though the presenter was impure. But Paul here is saying, the importance here is that the pure message is being pr- proclaimed, that the good news of the Messiah is going out. You know, though I though I, I wish that they were not presenting it for their own glory, for their own fame, for their own grand- aggrandizement. But as long as the message is pure and as long as people are coming to, to know the Messiah, I rejoice in that. I I am saddened that the, 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 it is done out of pride. But there are those who are presenting the true word and people are coming to know the Messiah, even though the, the messenger himself or herself is impure or will later fall away from their faith. Like other Jewish teachers, Paul is willing to focus on the service reform for God, in this case, the sharing of the good news. Though the motives of the presenters may be flawed, Paul was confident in knowing that it the, the right message goes forth, lives will change for the better. So Paul is focusing on that the good work, the mitzvah of presenting the good news of the Messiah, presenting the word about Messiah was going forth, it, though, though, it was, though it may be done incorrectly and the motives behind the presenter may be incorrect or, for, or, or built in pride. But as long as people were coming to know the Messiah and were coming to, to hear a true message, even though presented by an impure or, or flawed presenter, if the message was there and people were coming to know the Messiah, Paul was willing to accept that. In short, Paul focuses on the content of the message, the good news of Yeshua, which is perfect and leads to salvation, and not the imperfect messenger. To Paul here, though he, though he wishes that, the, that the, the purity of the message and the purity of presenter is there, the importance to him is that the purity of the message is there, and that the flawed presenter, though a concern for him, is not as important as that the good work, the mitzvah, of presenting the message of Yeshua, the pure message of the, of the gospel being presented, and in that he is willing to rejoice. Paul knew the people were coming to know God because we follow Yeshua through the word of truth. Dr. Stern put it this way, it is the gospel that saves, not the preacher. The insincere evangelist is storing for himself judgment, 
but those who have come to Yeshua because of his words have entered eternal life. And Dr. Stern, in his commentary on, on the New Testament, makes a point here and builds up the point that the gospel message is what saves. It's not the preacher. It's not the presenter. It's the presentation. It's not the messenger. It's the message. And that the message of the good news is presented. Even though the, the presenter is flawed, Paul is willing to rejoice because he knows that that lives can, will be changed. People will come to know Messiah, even though the presenters themselves may be flawed and may be, be even ones who, who would later reject the faith. But at that time, they were presenting a good message that changed lives. In verse 19, we read, For I know that this will work out for my deliverance because of your prayers, and support I get in the Messiah Yeshua. In this verse, Paul quotes the words of Job from Job 13 16a from the Septuagint, taking Job's words to defend himself and to declare his faith in God's deliverance and apply to them, to the Philippians, his, his own life and situation as a righteous sufferer. As Paul was, as Job was an innocent victim of affliction and pain, Paul drew draws in the example of Job to parallel his affliction in serving Yeshua. He takes comfort from the renewal example of Job's eventual redemption from suffering and renewal of life. Again, we're reading verse 19. For I know that this will work out for my deliverance because of your prayers and the support I get from the spirit of Yeshua, the Messiah. So as we conclude our time today, Paul concludes with these words that, that he knows that, that his time in prison is important for the message of the Messiah going forward. That even in the imperial household, the message of Yeshua, the message of the Jewish Messiah, the message of the God of Israel was made itself known even in the imperial household because of Paul's imprisonment there. And he rejoices in that and he calls the, the Philippians to rejoice in that and their newfound faith that even in the Roman center of life in the capital itself there were those who were faithful to the Messiah and that was to be an encouragement to them in their newfound faith and Paul continues to share with them that that the important thing is that the message of the Messiah goes forward and even here as he mentions about whether it was by by flawed presenters that their presentation was a true message, even though the presenters were, were flawed in their presentation. But Paul rejoices in his imprisonment, that because of his imprisonment, the message of the Messiah goes throughout the Roman capital. And he rejoices even here, speaking to the Philippians, that even among those who are, are out of pride presenting the message of the Messiah, that the pure word is drawing people to the God of Israel, and in that he rejoices. So this is what we've been looking at. As Paul basically, as I said today, was giving a current update of his situation in prison, how his time in prison is impacting the capital with the good news of the Messiah, and encouraging the Philippians in their faith, that as the gospel continues to, to, to go throughout the Roman capital, they can have confidence in their faith, 
as they are living in, in a Roman colony, that they are living on the right path. And they have become followers of the God of Israel, followers of the Messiah of Israel. They're redeemed Gentiles now, and they should live in that redemption and live as lights in the, in the darkness of the, the world they lived in, the darkness of the Philippian society, which was, as I said, filled with many false choices, that they have come to the truth, the truth of the Messiah of Israel. So tomorrow we'll be looking, looking at, at Philippians chapter 1, verses 20 through 26, where Paul was reflect, will be reflecting on his impending execution, his impending time that he will end his journey for the Messiah, and how he looks at, at the importance of the time he has left to make the Messiah known. And his struggling over whether to stay on in life, continue being a witness in the flesh for Messiah, or to end his journey and to look and to go on to his eternal connection, his eternal reunion with Messiah Yeshua in his death. And he will he will be looking at that and reflecting on that with the Philippians, the point of his choosing whether to live or to die, what it was the best thing for him, what is the best thing for the Philippian community, and what is giving the most honor to the God of Israel. So that will conclude our time today in the Letter to Philippi live broadcast. This is a daily Monday through Friday broadcast from 12 p.m. Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time, and 10 p.m. Jerusalem time. And we are, are broadcasting live on Facebook Live, Instagram Live, Twitter Live, YouTube Live, and on our website, lettertophilippi.org. And you can also subscribe to our our podcast on Apple Podcasts and other, other podcast distributors. Just search for Letter to Philippi Live and subscribe. And Letter to Philippi Live is an initiative of Letter to Philippi, a new Messian Jewish theological organization. And this is our first initiative, this daily broadcast. And we'll be adding new new initiatives over time and dealing and, and delving more into building a 21st century Messianic Jewish theology, a theology built solidly on the scriptures of Israel and the tradition of Israel, and reflecting on, on the the best of the academic world's research into, into the Paul within Judaism literature, the anti-supersessionist literature, and looking how, how all of these sources, all of these sources can work together to build a Messianic Jewish theology, building a Messianic Jewish community that is grounded in in the faith of our fathers and and in the faith of Yeshua the Messiah, that we bring bring in union our messianic faith and our our Jewish faith together as, as one as we continue to to work for for the Messiah in our world. So if you have any questions about about Letter to Philippi, just go to letterphilippi.org. We have our contact form. You can ask any questions you would like. You can, on our uh, resources page, you can order a copy of my Messianic Commentary on Philippians, which is the basis for this class. On our teaching page, we have the recordings of our uh, 
of our uh, classes since June 1st. We have our prayer prayer page. We want to leave a prayer request. We'll be praying for you. We have our giving page. We really appreciate it. You can make a financial contribution to keep our work going. And over time, we'll be adding more and more resources to our our website at lettertophilippi.org. And uh, look forward to being with you tomorrow as we continue our journey through Paul's letter to Philippi tomorrow. We'll be looking at uh, Philippians chapter 1, 20 through 26, as Paul reflects on his impending execution and what is better for him and for the Philippians over whether he was to continue on living or, or to die and to enter into eternal life with the Messiah Yeshua. So have a closing word of prayer and we'll go on with our day. Oh Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your love. We thank you for these words of your holy servant, Paul, Lord. Help us, Lord, to be light in a dark world and help us to make our Messiah known and become more and more and more in Messiah each day. And we pray in his name, the name that is above all name, even Yeshua, our Messiah. Amen. So thank you for watching and uh, see you tomorrow at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time, 10 p.m. Jerusalem time for Letter to Philippi Live as we continue our study through Paul's letter to the Philippians. My name is Sean Inslee. I am the founder of Letter to Philippi and your teacher. So have a great rest of your day and see you tomorrow. Shalom.